everyone have a seat, that'd be great. Thanks for singing. And some of you actually got some aerobics in there. You know, I saw that. Uh, so thanks so much for that as well and engaging. Just love it. I'm just uh, really excited about today and our topic. And one of the things that uh, just blows me away again and again is how we'll start a series and we'll have a plan for the series. And then God will do something in the middle of it. Uh, whether it's four weeks or like this one's nine weeks, he does something in the middle or he does something along the way that just surprises me, surprises us in, in a huge way. And this is one of those series, you know, when we have this idea of these armbands, I had no idea. Uh, you know, we're out right now. And so if you want, if you'd like to have one, you don't have one, maybe you'd raise your hand. I could see you right now and I could get some more. There's a few that would like that, but we ran out of these. We have people watching us online that ask for these so that they can wear them in their community um, and just had no idea that this was going to have the impact that it's had. And then people writing me notes about how God has used them and used this as just a reminder. If you'd like to send me a note, I'd love to be able to read it and uh, be able to just reflect on that as well. Uh, but it's just interesting that we start a series and it, it takes us on a journey and we're not really always sure where the journey is going to end up. Uh, or what it's going to look like. And so today, it's actually going to take a little different twist than I would have ever anticipated as I was thinking about the idea of kindness. And so uh, just a reminder, our standout series is designed to help us to know how we can stand out in a culture that's divisive, uh, that's anger-filled, that has a lot of hate, um, that is... Uh, violent, as we saw again this weekend. How can we stand out? How can we respond to a culture that uh, many people think seems out of control or full of chaos? And what we've talked about is that each one of us is we want to be able to reflect Jesus to our world. And the way that we do that is that we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us from the inside out. As that he has planted, as we're going to look at, seed inside of us in the form of the fruit of the Spirit, and then he works it out from us. And as it's worked out, then it has a chance to influence world and culture. So why don't you go ahead and grab these message notes out of your program. They'll be really helpful for you today. Uh, and you can take notes, uh, all the Bible verses. And, uh, you know, I'm going to run through a lot of Bible verses today. So this would probably be your easiest approach. If you have your Bible or your device, you want to follow along, love to have you do that. By the way, if you don't own a Bible, I'd love to give you one. So if you stop at the bookshelf in the lobby there, you don't own one of these, take it as our gift. We'd love to have, see you have a Bible that you could read on your own. So the series is based on uh, three verses from the book of Galatians. And uh, we've talked about them, and we've read them, and they're not on your notes, but uh, we're going to put them on the screen for you right now from Galatians 5, 22 through 25, and so they're going to pop up any minute now. <laughs> no, she couldn't find them. Okay, I'm so sorry. Uh, so basically, let's just test you, okay? Let's just test you, okay? We're going to talk about the fruit of the Spirit, and the fruit of the Spirit is love. You going to say it with me? Joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And then he says that as this happened in us, that it happens through the fruit of the Spirit as he works it out from us as we walk in the Spirit. That's why the inside of our armband it says, 
walk in the Spirit. We realize that it happens because He's the one actually doing the work and making it happen. So the fruit of the Spirit, it, it describes, just so we can be clear on this, it describes who we were made to be. If you're a follower of Jesus, this is a description of who you were made to be. And therefore, our goal in this journey as followers of Jesus Christ is simply to become who we were made to be. Just become who we were made to be. It's just really simple. And it's our belief that as we do that, as we you know exemplify these fruit more and more that we will have an influence in our culture for the common good that was we do that now our world needs those who know jesus to put his character traits on display in a way that's tangible and receivable and i'm going to come back at the end of the talk today and talk about this concept of presenting it in a way that's receivable and today as i said we're talking about kindness mark read these verses from colossians 3 since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must close your, clothe yourselves with tenderhearted mercy, kindness. Yeah, but, you know, all of these go together. They're all part of kindness. Tenderhearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. So he says, clothe yourselves with kindness. Now, the whole world witnessed uh, a kindness uh, that was very moving and inspiring during the Olympic Games in Rio. Like Mark mentioned this last week. And when I saw this, uh, I knew that I had to show it to you today. So we got it all ready. And it's a clip that shows the 5,000-meter women's race. And we have two racers that get tangled up. And uh, they fall. And then one of them helps the other one. And it just became a phenom. And it went viral. And they were on news shows the next day. And so what I want to do is I want to just watch this and listen to them reflect on the concept of kindness. So take a look. Let's get to today's Olympic moment. We love these. The true spirit of these games on full display during a qualifying heat for the women's 5,000 meters. Take a look. A sudden misstep taken in stride. That looked really awkward. Team USA's Abby D'Agostino and New Zealand's Nikki Hamlin tripping over each other in the women's 5,000 meter prelims. Abby D'Agostino clipped Nikki Hamlin from behind. An unexpected obstacle testing their athletic ability and their character. And there we see Abby D'Agostino helping Nikki Hamlin back up. Without hesitation, D'Agostino stopped to help Hamlin back on her feet before collapsing herself to the ground. Abby D'Agostino has clearly hurt herself badly there. Hamlin then returned the favor as D'Agostino urged her to catch up with the pack. Heartbreaking sight. There's no other way of expressing it. Then with her Olympic dreams seemingly dashed, D'Agostino somehow stood up. You see D'Agostino and the anguish on her face. Relying on her grit and determination to power through a mile of misery. Valiant effort to cross the finish line. D'Agostino finished the race last, but still came out on top, alongside Hamlin, who greeted her with a big hug. Superhuman effort. Two opponents won inspirational moment, having nothing to do with country loyalty and everything to do with the Olympic spirit. Are you both surprised at the global outreach that has been as a result of this and the mention of the Olympic spirit? I mean, it was an Olympic moment that won't soon be forgotten. Right, right. 
I mean, I, I just think it's really affirming that, um, you know, we've talked about before, we're so bombarded um, with negative media all the time and to see a simple act of kindness be recognized and that people resonate with it and just see how beautiful it can be. Um, that's, you know, what the Olympics is about. And I think on a deeper level, we know that like as humans, that's what we're meant to do is to like sacrifice for and serve each other. And so to just be a part of that, I think is just, we're thankful. Wow, isn't that awesome? Uh, just to, to focus on that. In another interview, she explained it this way. She said, simple acts of kindness are recognized and people are drawn to them. It resonates with people. It's cool to have something like that shine. Now, that's the power, she said, of human kindness. Now, can you imagine the power of spirit-filled kindness? What God could do through us as his followers, as his Holy Spirit produces kindness out of us, the impact that that could be in our culture, well, that's what I'm dreaming happens to us. And today what we want to do is we want to focus on growing in this fruit of kindness in our lives so that we can influence others for the common good. Now, I put a definition of kindness there for you. Uh, kind of work this out from lots of different definitions and uh, different ways that it is used in the Old Testament. By the way, in the Old Testament, you'll see kindness often paired with loving. And so they go together, loving kindness. And so kindness is really an extension of love. But here we go. So it's tangible, helpful, practical, and beneficial expressions of love to others according to their needs. And I'll add this, sometimes at cost. Or great cost. Sometimes at cost or great cost. And we saw that in that uh, video right there is that the, the, they helped each other, and one that wasn't injured ended up, it cost a lot to be able to show kindness. So it's love serving others tangibly, practically, and beneficially according to their needs. That's a key phrase, according to their needs, in a way that may cost me. Or if you want to look at it another way, it may make me vulnerable. It may make me vulnerable when I'm going to be kind to someone else. And that's one of the reasons that many of us shy away from kindness is because it actually does lead us into that place of vulnerability uh, where we're afraid to do it. So kindness is acting in a loving way for the benefit of another. And so as we jump into the deep stuff, what I want to do is, is I want to just help us to understand this concept of biblical kindness. And the way I thought that we would do it today is we would just talk about how God extends kindness and then we would reflect on that, about how then that would motivate us to extend kindness as well. So I'm going to give you two ideas, uh, biblical ways that God extends kindness, and then we'll look on the backside at how to grow in that. First is this, is that his kindness is physical. So kindness is physical. That's what the Bible says. It makes it really clear that God's kindness is physical. It's a physical expression of his love. It's him doing something tangible, helpful, practical, and beneficial to someone else. And that's what God does. He extends his kindness. He physically acts to show his kindness to people. And that's what these verses indicate from Psalm 68, 9 through 10. It says this, talking about God, you sent abundant rain, O God, to refresh the weary land. There your people finally settled, and with the bountiful harvest, O God, you provided for your needy people. So kindness is when God acts in a way that benefits all people. Now, in the New Testament, Jesus talks about this, and he brings back to this, you know, this understanding to us again. In Matthew 5, he says this, talking about his father. He says, for he gives sunlight 
to both the evil and the good. And he sends rain on the just and the unjust alike. This is one of those areas where we you know, struggle sometimes as we look at why would God be nice to evil people? And sometimes it seems like he's not, kind, not nice to good people. But the, what the Bible talks about is, is that God just pours out his rain, pours out his goodness on everyone apart from what they've done and apart from who they are. And then Jesus goes on in Luke 6 and says again, he says, love your enemies, do good to them, Lend to them without expecting to be repaid, and you will be truly acting as children of the Most High, for he is kind. Notice, he is kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Doesn't that blow you away? He's kind to those who are unthankful and wicked. Now, I want you to remember that, because what that means is he's kind to you, and he's kind to me. And therefore, if God is kind to you and he's kind to me, because I'm unthankful and wicked, then who does that leave out when it comes to me being kind to others? What is the boundary for me to be kind to others? So here's what we're going to need. Kindness in the Old Testament and New Testament, it's linked to doing good deeds, to loving others, even those you consider your enemies, or even those you might consider not lovable, or in some way you've decided that you can't be kind to them. So what we need to chew on if we're going to understand biblical kindness is this. God showers biblical kindness on everyone. Jesus says that we're even to share it on those that we would classify as enemies. Biblical kindness is not given based on a person's standing or character or the, whether they deserve it or not, or their race or their gender or their sexual preference, or their socioeconomic level, or their education, or their political party, <laughs> or their agenda, or some other criteria that we might concoct in our minds to determine who's worthy of kindness and who's not. All humankind need kindness. And we're to be kind to everyone because everyone needs kindness. And God pours his kindness out freely on everyone. He doesn't pick who's going to be underneath the fountain when he makes it rain. He just makes it rain. He just turns it on. And everyone gets blessed by his gift of kindness. I think some of us, as we come to kindness, and this is you know true for me as well, we want to only extend kindness on they, those that we've deemed in our minds deserve it. Those who fit into category. We've said these people deserve kindness, but these people don't. But God doesn't respond that way. He responds to anyone who is under the faucet with his reign, with his kindness. He does that. So the first thing is it's physical. The second is this, it's relational. God's kindness is relational. And once again, we're going to see that it's free to everyone. So look at these verses from Psalm 103, 8 through 11. It talks about relational kindness. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. He will not constantly accuse us, nor remain angry forever. He does not punish us for all our sins. He does not deal harshly with us as we deserve. Are you getting a picture here of the way that God relates to you and relates to me as we deserve? For his unfailing love toward those who fear him is as great as the height of the heavens above the earth. 
That's how great his love is, his relational love for us. It's describing this relational kindness that God wants to offer to everyone. And, and he's going to show his kindness by the way he relates to his people, relates to them. In fact, his kindness is the basis for relationship with him. Paul was reflecting on this in Romans, and he writes this in Romans chapter 2. He says, don't you see how wonderfully kind and tolerant and patient God is with you? With you? Does this mean nothing to you? Can't you see that his kindness is intended to turn you from your sin, or as some would know, lead you to repentance? So if you think about that verse, as you look about there, the words kind and tolerant and patient, they talk about the fact that it's, it's a relational deal, that God is showing his relationship with people. Relationship, I mean, tolerance and patience are relational traits. They're building blocks of how God treats us in Jesus, even in our fallen and our sinful condition. He's tolerant and he's patient. Not wanting anyone to perish. So it's the relational kindness of God that draws us to him. Are you getting, you getting the connection here? The relational part of God, the kindness of God, that's what draws me to him and leads me to repentance. And so us expressing kindness to others, especially spirit-filled kindness, is going to do what? It's going to draw them to what? To God. It's going to lead them to what? Repentance. It's going to lead them to change, to draw them into him. So I always want to get this. His kindness is what draws us away from our sinfulness and into walking in relationship with him. And just like God's physical kindness is available to everyone, God's relational kindness is available to everyone as well. And once again, I just bring this up, and I'm going to say it several times in this message, because we have a tendency to choose people that we think are deserving based upon our judgment of where they stand. If we're going to be kind to others as God is kind to us, what we have to do is we have to move beyond our judgment and we have to learn to be kind because it's kindness, not judgment, that draws people to God. That's what will do it. So, okay, physical kindness, relational kindness. Now, how do we grow in this? We'll turn your notes over on the backside and let's talk about that. First thing I have to do is I have to respond personally to God's relational kindness. So I have to respond personally to God's kindness, the relational kindness. In order to grow in kindness, I must be, and in order to show true kindness, I must have received true kindness. I must have, I must know it myself. And God's relational kindness was expressed through the gift of his son, Jesus Christ. That's why it's so important that we understand what God did in Jesus. In fact, these verses that we're going to read here from Titus 3, they talk about kindness once again, it's available to everyone. There's not a criteria here on who it's not available to. In fact, it starts with people who uh, are like you and me, who are a long ways from God and saying it's for all people. And so it's another example of God expressing kindness. Okay, Titus 3. Once we too were foolish. This, I just think we forget this. I think the longer you're a follower of Jesus Christ, you forget how foolish you really were. They do. How foolish you really were. 
and disobedient you were. Because we start to you know, think, look where I am today. Look how far I've come. And look at where I'm going to be. And we forget, well, look at where I was. And it goes on to even make it worse. It says we were misled. We became slaves to many lusts and pleasures. Our lives were full of evil and envy. And we hated each other. <laughs> Oh my gosh, you know, you read this list and you're like going, oh, I'm so happy I came to church today. <laughs> I want to feel good talk, you know, and this is talking about the fact that there's a reality that we need to remember and we need to admit because what we do is we tend to think that everybody should be like we are today. And if they're not, then I won't show kindness to them. Forget where I was. But when God, our Savior, revealed his kindness and love, how did he reveal it? Through Jesus. He saved us not because of the righteous things we had done. But because of his mercy, he washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and new life through the Holy Spirit. He generously poured out the Spirit upon us through Jesus Christ, our Savior. Because of his grace, he made us right in his sight and gave us confidence that we will inherit eternal life. That's who he, he did this for those who were foolish and disobedient and misled, and they were slaves to lust and pleasures. Their lives were full of evil and envy, and they hated each other. But he gave Jesus so that we could come into relationship with him. And so how do I respond to that? Well, I need to respond by receiving. If I've never said yes to Jesus, I know that I'm in this category right here, and I need to say yes to Jesus so that he can give me the rest of this, these verses, the promise of inheritance in him, his mercy, and cleanse me. I can receive his kindness. But also, I need to, res- I need to, um, to receive this because I need to remember that I still have this potential in me. I can still be like this. And so I just need to remember that when I'm thinking about who I'm going to give kindness to and who I'm not. So, you know, first I need to reflect and receive it. And then second is this. First I need to receive it. And second I need to reflect God's kindness. So that's the second thing. And now we're going to talk about his physical kindness. His physical kindness is what we're going to reflect. But also includes his relational kindness as well. So... Ephesians 4, and I really, this was where I thought I'd do my whole message on, is these verses right here, but it just didn't turn out that way. Um, but it says in Ephesians 4, 32 through 5, 2, it says, be kind to each other. So it's a command, be kind to each other, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Imitate God. So if you want your marching orders, now it's imitate God. <laughs> How hard is that? Imitate God? You're kidding me. But in imitate God in physical kindness and relational kindness. That's how we can imitate him. Therefore, in everything you do, because you are his dear children, live a life filled with love, following the example of Christ. At least, you know, it gives me a little, we just follow the example of Christ. He doesn't say to imitate Christ there. He loved us and offered himself as a sacrifice for us, a pleasing aroma to God. So kindness is about serving and caring and showing compassion. It's about blessing. It's about uh, carrying burdens. It's about radical hospitality. It's about unconditional love. It's about unqualified forgiveness. And it's about the gift of presence. Kindness has the power and the potential to transform lives. And I believe that's why God puts such premium on it. And he realizes that kindness can truly change the comp- composition of a human heart. And it can truly change the trajectory of a human life. And so the power of kindness is, is that it changes those who receive kindness. 
it changes those who give kindness, and it changes those who observe the exchange. That's what we saw in that video. Those who receive it, those who gave it, and those who observe the exchange. So when kindness is expressed, what we have to know right now is everybody wins. Everybody wins. So I'm just going to show kindness. I'm going to give you four ways that you can show kindness um, and to others. And the first is be caring. So, you know, we have a lot of caring people here. But I just want to encourage you that we're talking about acting like you care, not just saying that you care. And so it means meeting the physical needs of others. It requires a sensitivity, therefore, that you know. Remember we said that it's meeting the person's needs? Well, in order to meet their needs, I have to know what they need, right? I have to get close enough to know. I have to be willing to listen. It may require getting messy. And that's one of the reasons some of us don't show kindness, because it's really messy. See, many times we forget what God wants to do in someone else. And we're only thinking about ourselves at that moment, and we fail to share kindness because we're thinking about how much it's going to cost us. I'm going to get to this in just a moment. And one of the primary barriers to us expressing kindness, confession, is that we're selfish and we're concerned with our own needs and our own desires more than we're concerned with the needs of someone else. Just confession right there. Second, be empathetic. Be empathetic. So we are starting to talk a lot around here about empathy and the power in that. Uh, we're going to have a ser- uh, service coming up in November where we're going to talk about empathy for an entire service. And the Bible says that talking about empathy, and I, I know I, I, some of you are involved with Beale Air Force Base, and I just know this, this week that we had a tragedy there, and uh, that the Bible calls us, and I saw this happen, is that we would weep with those who weep. And I saw many expressions on social media of people who were extending their condolences, but they were doing it in a way that says, I'm sad with you. I'm sad with you. And also that we would have joy with those who have joy. And we see that happen as well when there's a new birth or there's something that happens that's good. We see people extending uh, their congratulations in that way. So empathy leads to kindness because in order to be empathetic, you have to listen. You have to listen to others. And you dial into someone else's heart. Uh, And so once you dial into their heart, then you can offer them words of affirmation, words of encouragement, or you can just be a presence. Oftentimes, kindness is just your presence with someone uh, so that they know that they're not alone. And uh, one of the barriers to expressing kindness is our pride. It's one of the barriers. And so many of us, and I would say that I would fit into this, we have an over-functioning sense of judgment uh, as we look at other people. In other words, uh, that we think we're better than others, we have the sense of pride. And so we look at others and say, they don't measure up to where I am, so therefore they may not deserve kindness from me because they're not as good as I am. And we look at something they've done or something they're doing currently and we hold back our kindness And so we just have to get beyond classifying people. We just have to do it. Classifying them as winners or losers, as acceptable or unacceptable, or as lovable or unlovable, or as redeemable or unredeemable. We have to get rid of those categories and those classifications. Jesus never did that. Jesus loved everybody. He valued everybody. He cared for everybody. He died for everybody. 
Now, I'm going to share something now that's extremely vulnerable. And this is going to be online, I know, and it'll be out there forever. But it's honest, okay? Um, I had a, an occasion. I told you about our uh, opportunity to go to the Pulse nightclub in Orlando and to pay our respects for the lives that were lost there. And um, so what, so part of the processing that led to that uh, desire to know I had to do it was uh, something that happened in the mall in Orlando in the same vacation. So this is so recent, so I'm, I'm actually really embarrassed to tell you this, um, is that I was walking down the mall with my son, and uh, Orlando's a multicultural, um, very you know, amazing city. And so people from all over the globe are there. And uh, as I was walking along, I saw um, two guys walking on the other side, walking next to us, and they were holding hands. And, you know, my son was with me, and I just said, um, they're gay. And I made a judgment right there. And it was a judgment of superiority. It was a judgment of condemnation. It was a judgment that I'm not like that. And, you know, my son didn't say anything, and so we, you know, we went on. And um, then later that night, uh, he was talking to me, and he says, hey, Dad, you know today when we were in the mall and you saw the two guys and, and you said they were gay? He said, Dad, when I saw those two guys, I didn't see them with a label. I saw them as people. They were hurting people who need Jesus. And he said, that's the way I'm learning to look at people, Dad. My gosh. My 22-year-old son is now the Holy Spirit. <laughs> oh, my word. I'm telling you, that conversation has changed this man. It's changed me. And God used my pain and my humility at that moment to change the way I'm looking at people to stop judging them, to stop um, looking at others and putting distance between me and them based on whether I think they deserve kindness or not. Kindness is about valuing everyone, everyone. Okay, next, be reflexive. And a better way for me to have said that, as I realized once I got into this, is be ready. That's really what I meant. So you might put that be ready next to be reflexive. So he just called us to be ready. We're called to be kind to the marginalized, to the hurting, the broken, the disadvantaged, the under-resourced. We're called to be kind to the lost and to the sinful, remembering that every one of us was lost at some point, and so we just keep that in the back of our minds all the time. And so no one of us is better than any other. And so it, we, what we have to do is we have to pray to God and say, God, make it natural for me to respond with kindness. That's what I'm loving our band right now. Um, and so we had an occasion in our family this week uh, where a friend of uh, my daughter's uh, asked my daughter, she said, my family's going through a lot of chaos right now, and it's my birthday, and it would really be tough for us to have a birthday party at my house. Would it be possible if we had my birthday party at your house? And so my daughter comes in, and she asked that question. And as she asked that question, I'll tell you, I've got two responses, Okay. The first response is over here is going, rah, rah, no way, no way, no way, no way. <laughs> but because I knew I was doing this message on kindness, 
I'm just telling you, this is the way the Holy Spirit worked. This side was going, do it, do it, do it. No way, no way, do it, do it. It's like that at the same time. And so I'll just say kindness won. And so it won in that situation, but it was because I was ready. It was because I was thinking about kindness that when the situation came, I was able to share kindness. And so that's what he's calling us to do is to be ready and to give to others. And lastly, be generous, be generous. So a barrier to kindness is when we don't trust God to provide what we need to help others. It's a barrier that we don't trust him. If he's given us the person, he's given us the prompting, he's going to provide what we need. We have to trust him and step out in that way. The scarcity mentality is what robs us of opportunities to be engaged and to help people and, and actually, when we do that, we can enter into some of those intimate moments of life when we're willing to get beyond our scarcity mentality. So we have to trust, be generous and trust God to provide. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you just need to know that you have spirit-empowered, spirit-resourced, a spirit-empowered, spirit-resourced bandwidth to be kind and to share it with others. And so another, another thing about generosity is is that sometimes the reason we're not generous is that we think kindness, we view kindness as a transaction. Think about that, a transaction. In other words, I give when I think you deserve it, or I give when I get something back in return, like a thank you, or, but I don't get, if I don't give it, I don't, you know, if I don't get back what I think I deserve, then I don't give it. Um, and so another way it's a transaction is when you give something and you see that, or you're, in your opinion, They've misused what you gave, or they weren't grateful for what you gave. And then you make an assessment of whether they deserve future kindness based on that moment, instead of just giving with no strings attached. It's saying we have to give with no strings attached. Kindness is giving in that way. And so I just want to say it's a reflection of the one who shows us kindness every time that we share kindness. And the opportunity there is that someone else will see God and want to know him and want to know his kindness. And we've simply been the vessel of kindness that brought someone to Jesus. Therefore, true Christian kindness draws people to Jesus and it makes his message, and I'm going to use this word receivable because I want to talk about this for a minute, to others in a way that nothing else could. So here's a quote from William Barclay. Uh, It's not on your notes, but it'll be on the screen here. And he says this, many people or more people have been brought into the church by the kindness of real Christian love than by all the theological arguments in the world. That's true, right? And more people have been driven from the church by the the harshness and ugliness of so-called Christianity than by all the doubts in the world. Ooh, that hurts, doesn't it? That hurts. See, the church at times can be a rather nasty place. And that's why I really sense that this standout series is coming at a critical time in the culture in which we live. Now look at this verse from Matthew 10, 40. Jesus says, anyone who receives you receives me. Think about this now. Anyone who receives you. So now we're, this is kindness. Anyone who receives your kindness, anyone who sees you acting in love, that's an opportunity for them to receive what? Jesus. Receive Jesus. And anyone receives me, he says, he points out even farther, receives the Father who sent me. 
So I mentioned this at a training a couple of weeks ago for our community group leaders about this idea of being able to share Jesus and share God in a way that people can receive it. And this is where I think the church has gotten it all messed up, is that we're not sharing it in a way that people can hear it and receive it. We're sharing it in a way that people feel judged and condemned. And what Jesus says, no, I need you to share my message with kindness. And when you share it with kindness, kindness leads to repentance. Repentance leads to relationship with me. And I want you to do that. Now, I'm going to recommend a book to you uh, that I'm uh, about halfway finished with right now. And it came at a time that really helped me to be able to think about these concepts I'm sharing today. It's called Love Kindness. Love Kindness. And it's by Barry H. Corey, C-O-R-E-Y, Barry H. Corey, and I'm just, you can get it online through Amazon or some other source. I, there are 10 copies in the bookstore today, um, and this book has challenged me in a huge way uh, to think about my kindness and being receivable to others. And I'm just going to read a couple of clips here from the book, and then we'll close in prayer. This has really, really touched me. Um, just a couple of little passages. He says this, I wrote this book out of frustration that those who represent the gospel are often caustic and harsh, picking fights with those whose views are hostile to theirs. In other words, Christians are often starting with unkindness. Unkindness has little effect beyond marshalling other Christians, get this, marshalling other Christians to admire our toughness and raising our own profile. This has gotten us nowhere in the cause of the gospel. Our Christian call to be redemptive voices to that which is broken. I need to read one more, two more actually. It's time for followers of Jesus to rediscover the power of kindness. Kindness is a biblical way of living. It's a fruit of the Holy Spirit on Paul's short list in Galatians 5. It's not a duty or an act. It's the natural result of the Holy Spirit's presence in our lives. We exhale kindness after we inhale what's breathed into us by the Spirit. Kindness radiates when we're earnest about living the way of Christ, the way of the Spirit. Kindness displays the wonder of Christ's love through us. Those who live the receivable life, and that's what I'm calling us to, living the receivable life, make it easy for some to love them. And this is the hard part, the next sentence. They also make it easy for some to despise them. There will be people who despise you and me as we live out the gospel of Christ. But they don't make it easy for anyone to forget them. Kindness always stands out. Always. Let's pray together. God, I just want to thank you for how you've worked in me and my heart. And Lord, I uh, just pray that I know I've had hours, hours to pour over this. And that in 30 minutes, been able to describe it. And so, Holy Spirit, I leave it up to you and ask that you would do your work in our hearts and minds. And Lord, I just know as we talked about kindness and receiving relational kindness, that there may be someone in this room who's never said yes to Jesus Christ, never said yes to God's kindness. 
And as you've heard it explained today, you're like, that's what I want. If you want it, just let me just lead you in a prayer that you would say, Jesus, thank you for showing God's kindness by dying for me on the cross. Thank you, Jesus. I want to receive the gift that you made possible, the gift of the Father's love. I have sinned. I recognize myself in the verses that we read today. And I ask you now to cleanse me. I ask you to heal me. I ask you to make me whole. And now I want to live the rest of my life being an ambassador of kindness. And God, I pray that. I pray for those who um, listen to my story in the mall who may be offended by what I said. Offended because of my insensitivity. Offended by maybe they think I'm compromising in some way. And God, I just pray for all of us that we won't judge. I pray that we will stand true to biblical standards. But we would realize that it's through kindness that people are brought to repentance. And so I pray that we would live as people of kindness. That you would show us how we can be caring, empathetic, ready, and generous to sharing kindness with others. And it's in Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen.